bottom of Membez, Amebez, Tachshite Nashim, right? So the Mishnah was talking about Tachshite Nashim, the cosmetics, the adornments that women wear, we have to be concerned that perhaps they have chametz in them, right? Now, do not think that you can necessarily extrapolate from here to like the cosmetics and shampoos and things of that nature that whether or not we have to be as concerned about chametz. Um, when the, the tachshite nashim that they wore in those days was like homemade uh, ointments that were made with like uh, oatmeal, uh, you know, stewed oatmeal or something, you know what I mean? So it was actual real chametz that was accessible, eatable chametz, edible chametz that was then turned in, into some sort of cosmetic. Excuse me, excuse me, what, which page is this? I think I need to get the second volume. 42B, you probably 42B. do. Yeah, okay. Sorry. So, um, so I mean, the, the today the process that they are making cosmetics, even if there is some level of chametz in it, you know, there's some sort of derivative of uh, you know a glycerin that's from wheat or something like that. You know, I, I don't know if it's the same category. And certainly, the minhag today is that we try to get rid of that chametz as well, or at least we close it up. Um, but that seems to be a little bit more of a new-ish minhag, and it would make sense that it's a new minhag because it's only become relevant more recently that they actually have this concept of this like factory produced mass, uh, you know, cosmetic that could have something of chametz within it that therefore we have to be concerned for. Okay, the Gemara says like this, Tachshite nashim sal In other words, Tachshite, as we learned in Mesaftas Shabbos, Tachshit means jewelry. It means beautiful adornment, right? Now, Jewelry in and of itself does not contain chametz. So when we say that we have to be concerned for the jewelry of women, tachshit, which means jewelry, is that really jewelry? The, the there are, there is a concern, by the way, to be clear. You know, when we talk about things that we are concerned for possibly having chametz, you know, if someone has a what do they call it? The 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 teeth, like the gold teeth and the silver teeth, they call it something. You know, that the the fake um the caps that people wear because they think it looks cool. So in theory, if one was wearing that kind of jewelry. That might be a problem that it could indeed contain chametz within it because it could have food that you ate that uh, got stuck within your, your fake teeth. Okay, so the Gemara says, what are we talking about over here when we talk about the, the uh, adornments of women? What are we referring to? We are not really referring to nashim, the jewelry, rather, we are referring to their cosmetics. The daughters of Israel, they have come to an age in which they have gone through puberty. However, they did not reach an age at which it will be age, uh, you know, normal or age appropriate to have gone through puberty, early onset puberty. So you have an eight-year-old girl, and she's growing here in places that is not people who are eight don't normally have here in those places. So what does she do? The poor ones, they take some sort of sid, which is some sort of plaster, right? And they actually would, it has a depilatory effect, and they would put the SID onto their skin, wherever they want to get rid of the hair, making sure not to leave it on any longer than is absolutely necessary, because then it will start burning the skin. That's what the poor people do. The rich daughters, daughters of the rich people, they take silas. Silas is very, very finely processed flour, and somehow or other, the very finely processed flour is going to cause the, the, uh, the hair to fall off. The, very, the daughters of kings, which is either kings or, you know, very, very wealthy or, you know, rulers or governors, right? But the people at the, the upper echelons of society, right? Not just the bourgeois, even above that. 
So those people, B'Shem and Hamar, they actually use the oil of Mar. Oil of Mar is the mirror oil, right? As we know, where do we find this? Shenemar, as it says, Shisha Chadash B'Shem and Hamar. That when Esther Hamalka was taken to be part of the Ahasuerus's harem or as a potential mate, so they had six months in which they would practice the art of, uh, of regular makeup and six months they would just adorn themselves with the Shem and Hamar. And the purpose of this was to make a, uh, a hearless being. My Shem and Hamar, what is the Shem and Hamar? Satechas. It's Satechas. Um, I'm going to follow Rashi on this. And Rashi says, I don't know what this word means, right? Rather, you know what this is? This is actually Shemen Zayas, olive oils that have not yet grown to one third of their size. And those olive oils, they produce some sort of oil. And that oil is extremely bitter and it can actually have depilatory effect. Tanya, we learned in advice of Yudaimer. And Piknin, so and Piknin, Shemen Zayesh Lehevishlish. And Piknin is the olive oil that is from oil from olives that have not yet grown to one third of their size. But Lama Sachan Aisan, and why do people, why do, you know, women specifically, why do they uh, anoint themselves with this olive oil? Because they remove the hair. And it's some sort of, a, you know, um, you know, rejuvenating effect, right? You know, so, so all these ads that, you know, if you put on this, this lotion, you're going to end up looking 10 years younger, right? So this is not a newfound issue that people were unhappy with the way that they look as they get older and get the wrinkles of life experience. So therefore, what they would do is they would actually anoint themselves with this oil that was considered to be one of the earliest, um, you know, uh, whatever, rejuvenating oils. Zach, the Mishnah continues and taught us that anything which is from a, uh, a min dagan, it has a species of grain within it, a species of cereal within it is going to be problematic and needs to be removed from your house when Pesach comes in. Tanya will learn to write. So Amr of Yeshua, Yeshua says, Once the Mishnah tells us anything which contains within it, something which has cereal, right? A flour from grains, right? Then Then why does the Mishnah then go and continue and give us the whole list in the Mishnah of things that contain grain? It's very simple, guys. If it has grain, you got to get it out of your house. What is it that has grain? I don't know. Who knows? Anything that has grain. You don't have to give me a list of items that have grain. That's pretty self-evident. The answer is like this. We wanted that people should be used to the, these types of products and the names that they traditionally have so that no one will make the mistake of keeping this item in their house on Pesach with the understanding that this does not have grain within it. They will know it has grain within it. There was someone from Bavel, someone from the West, I'm sorry, from Eretz Yisrael who came to Bavel. And he had, he had some meat with him. He had some jerky that he had brought from Israel. So they, he said to them, Go bring me something to dip my meat into. They thought he said kutach, right? And therefore they brought him kutach. When he heard that there was kutach, he stopped, he stayed away from it. Now, why did he stay away from it? Because he heard it was kutach. Because he knew the Mishnah. And the Mishnah taught us that kutach is made with milk and, uh, and chametz. And therefore he said, oh, if I'm going to eat meat, I can't dip my meat into this kutach because this kutach is going to be meat and milk mixed together. The Gemara said, Right, the mixture of chametz and the chametz, we'll see the chametz neksha as well. These two items are only in an ahzhara. They are only a regular lav. They are not 
a iser sheyish boy kares. Okay. So typically, what we say is that if you eat chametz on Pesach, right? If it's straight chametz, what is the pro? What not the prohibition, but what is the requisite punishment? The punishment is kares. You will be cut off. However, if you eat chametz that is a mixture, it is only a lav, and it is not a and it is not a um and it's not kares as well. Matana the chametz dogen gomer alidei taruvis v'noiksha ve'enei balav. Who is the Tana? Who is the author of this Mishnah? Who is of the opinion that if you have chametz that is a mixture of grains together with other items, as well as chametz neiksha? What's chametz neiksha? Chametz neiksha is chametz that has started the fermenting process but is not yet finished and it's not really in a edible state. Okay, those are two states of chametz in which you will not get kares reading it. However, you will get a lav. Who is the author who says this? I'm going to view Rav. Rameir, it's Rameir's opinion. The Tanya, we learned in a bicep. Seor, right? Seor is the sourdough, some sort of sourdough starter. It's not yet fully chametz. Yisare, if you have to burn it. And you give it to your dog. One second. And if one eats this actual seor, then he's going to get arbayim. He's going to get 40 lashes, not literally 40. He's going to get 39 lashes, okay? The Gemara now asks the obvious question. This itself is contradictory. Amrit Sayor Yisare, if you told me that this Sayor is burnt, why is it burnt? Alama Asarana. Literally, it must be forbidden to benefit from it. That's why you have to burn it so no one benefits from it. Bahadur Tani, and then right afterwards, what did you say? And then you stick it in front of your dog. Then we see that it is permitted to benefit from it. So which is it? Is Sayor forbidden to benefit from it? And that's why you burn it? Or is it permitted to benefit from it? And that's why you give it to your dog. This is what it's saying. Sayor Yisare, the, the Sayor has to be burnt. You're a mayor. The Remeyer, the Rabbi Huda, the Rabbi Huda. According to Remeyer, a Remeyer, right? And according to Rabbi Huda, of Rabbi Huda. In other words, each opinion is going to be worked out according to their own earlier opinions. And nice then the flake and you could stick it in front of your dog, the Remeyer, the Rabbi Huda, right? That is referring to that which Remeyer calls Sayer, right? And Rabbi Huda says it's still permitted to give to your dog. And then when it says that if someone would actually eat it, they would get 40 lashes, that's going back into the position of Rameir. So we see from here that according to Rameir, if you eat chametz nuksha, right, which is this chametz that is in the process of fermenting right now, you violated a Torah prohibition. And certainly, if you have chametz, that is legit chametz from legit grains that was then mixed in together with other foods. Right? So in other words, it's a question of what's worse? Is it worse to eat chametz gamor that is not mixed at all, but is not yet finished fermenting? Right? So it's on its process. It's on, it's on the way to becoming chametz gamor. Or is it worse to eat chametz gamor that was mixed in together with other foods? Rav Nachman Amar Nachman says it's Rav Tanya, we learned in Rav Al chametz dagon gamor onyishkaris. If someone eats chametz, which is, which is uh, chametz, which is coming from a completely uh, grained of chametz, right? Then what's the punishment for doing so? It is kares. However, if he ate something that is a mixture of grains that turned into chametz together with other food items, then it is only a lab. It's only a regular alosase, not a ase, not a losasheish, but kares, right? Not a losasheish for which you'll be cut off. opinion of if he ate chametz that comes from actual green products, then he's going to get kares. 
but if you eat something that's mixed in together with other items, there's not even any violation at all on a Torah level. And we understood, according to Rabbi Eliezer, who said that if you have chametz that is actual chametz gomor and is mixed in together with non chametz you have violated a lav of the Torah. And certainly, if you have chametz nuksha, which is from chametz itself that was not yet fully fermented, certainly over there you have violated a, a lav. Rav Nachman, my time will make review. The water of Nachman not want to say like review though. he would tell you. Maybe a mayor only says this halacha over there. Maybe he only says that it's such a strong prohibition when there's nuksha be'enaha, when there's actual chametz nuksha that's right in front of us. But chametz that comes from that uh, actual grains, right? But it's actual grains, but then it got mixed together with other things. Maybe a mayor will be lenient. Maybe a mayor is only stringent. Although it is not chametz in its fully finished process, but it is already strongly along the way to becoming chametz gomer. But the only thing here is the actual chametz. Maybe that's more stringent, according to Rameyer, than a case where it's getting mixed together. Why did Rav Yehuda not want to say like Rav Nachman? That, that's really the position of Rabbi Eliezer. He would say to you, Rabbi Eliezer only said his halacha over there, only in a case where it is completely chametz, that was mixed together with other foods. However, when it is nuksha by itself, maybe indeed he would not say it's the salacha. Tanya Yehuda, we learned in a rice like a Yehuda. Any chametz cannot be eaten. Coming to include the kutach the special dip that the Babliam used to eat. The sheikh and the, the um, Median beer. The chametz and the, the vinegar that comes from Edom, the Zesam Amitri, and Zesam is some sort of a, a mixture that they would make in Egypt. I might have thought that all of these things, if you eat them, you know they're prohibited to eat, but you might have thought that if you eat them, you're in, in, a, in violation of something for which the punishment will be karis, to be cut off. Therefore, the Pasuk teaches us, It says that if anyone who eats chametz will be cut off. Only if it is something that is kuloi chametz will all chametz will the punishment will be kares. But if it's not all chametz, you only and it's a mixture of chametz together with other items, then you only get a lav. It's only a regular violation, but not a kares. Who is it that says that when you mix it together, it's only a lav? It's only just a regular violation, which is obviously bad, but not as bad as kares. Like Amar, Rabbi Yasser never said anything about a case of nuksha. What Allah is. Shmami not nuksha lo Rabbi Yasser. Less late. You see from here that Rabbi Yasser does not hold of nuksha at all. Rabbi Yasser el iruve belavi nolei. So then, where does Rabbi Yasser say that if you mix together chametz with other items, that indeed it becomes a it's a regular lav? Where do we see this? Dichsev, as it's written in the Torah. Kol machmetz es loy sechelu. It says you're not allowed to eat anything of chametz. Okay. So it says kol machmetzes. It doesn't just say kol chametz. It says kol machmetzes. It's coming to add something else. And not just chametz itself, but even chametz mixed together with other items. right? Because in theory, one would have made the argument that when the Torah forbids chametz, it only forbids chametz that is purely grains, water, and that's it. If it's, gra- if it's flour from grains that's mixed together with milk and mixed together with a whole bunch of other things and with water, maybe that's not even prohibited. Yachi, if so, karis nami lechayim. Then maybe it should even include kares punishment for these for eating the mixtures or for eating the nuksha. 
Because it's written in the Torah. And anyone who eats the chametz will end up getting cut off. So you see that you get cut off. You get cut off. That means that it should imply even for, even for eating mixtures, you get cut off. This is necessary for that which we learned in Abraisa. It says, We only see something that became chametz on its own. And how do you know that something became chametz because of mixing together with something else? How do you know that that's also problematic? The Pasuk teaches us, Does anyone, whoops, anyone who eats chametz, anybody who eats chametz, and they will be cut off. Okay? Um, so one second. Okay, if that would be so, then it should also come to be teaching us that the same way you only are in violation of a for which the punishment will be kares for eating chametz itself, then maybe you're only in violation for an iser at all. Not just kares, but any iser, only if you eat the actual chametz, but not if you eat a mixture. So what's the reason for Belezer? Right, how could Belezer say that you have a violation, but not the same type of violation for which the punishment is kares? How does he get that from? It says, from mikal. It says, kal eichel chametz. And that's what teaches him that only certain types of eatings for which there will be kares, and certain types of eatings there will not be kares, there will just be a lot. Asunami, but over there also it says, Haksiv kol. It also says kol in both places. It says mikol. It says mikol eichel machmetzes, from all foods that are chametz, and then it says kol eichel machmetzes. How do you know which one's coming to tell you a lav, and which one's coming to tell you kares, right? So the, the Gemara is dealing with there's two different sukkim, okay? There's two sukkim that say kol. One of them says kol eichel chametz, um, kol eichel machmetzes nichrisa. Right? Anybody who eats this machmetzes will be cut off. Another passage says, um, kol machmetzes, anything which it contains within it, chametz, anything which is chametz is problematic to eat. So one passage is referring from the perspective of the individual doing the action of eating. And one of them is referring to from the perspective of the act, not of the act, of the item that it contains within chametz. Okay? And one of them says that you're going to be liable to so one of them doesn't say you're liable to Karis. And the question is, which one's referring to which when it's coming to include a mixture? When the Pasuk says, call, right? That is not coming to tell you that even someone who eats a mixture is liable to Karis. It's actually coming to include women. That if women eat Chametz, they also get Karis. One second. The reason that we know that women are not allowed to eat chametz and that they are just as liable as men are for eating chametz, we really understand that from Rav Yehuda, the name of Rav. Rav Yehuda says the name of Rav. And so too they learned in the mismanagers of Rabbi Shmuel. Omar Kha, the Pasuk says, A man or a woman who will do any of the prohibitions or the sins that a man can do. That teaches us that men and women are similar. Men and women are equal. Okay, for any prohibitions that are in the Torah. So let's speak out what this means. What we're saying is like this: the the um, we know we know that women are not obligated in mitzvah cessation as man grama in time bound positive commandments. Women are not obligated in 
How do we know that women are obligated in all of the losa says in all of the losa says in the Torah? How do we know that women are obligated in all of the prohibited actions from the Torah? As you guys can see, uh, my my setup is not really so. Uh, I haven't worked it out yet exactly. It's sitting on top of um, early days. Early days, yeah, but but it is very pleasant to be in this new place. I'll tell you that. But uh, sitting on top of a um, a paper towel roll that's standing on. So that's why it keeps on falling, I guess. It gets too heavy or something. Um, so, so okay, fine. So how do we know that men and women are both obligated in all of the lavin in the Torah, all of the losa states in the Torah, men and women are equally prohibited to act on? Because the Torah says, ish isha, a man or a woman, if they do any of the prohibitions, they say the same exact laws. The Gemara says, it's, it's still necessary. Why is it still necessary to tell us that women are obligated in the prohibition of chametz when anyways they should be included because women are obligated in all prohibitions of the Torah? I might have thought to say like this. Since it says you cannot eat chametz, seven days you shall eat matzah. I might have thought to say like this. Since the Torah puts together the prohibition of eating chametz and the mitzvah's assay of eating matzah on Pesach, I might have thought to say like this. Only those individuals who are obligated in the midst of eating matzah will be obligated to be nizhar, to be careful and safeguard themselves from eating chametz. Now, who is obligated to eat matzah? Hani nashi. These women. Since women are not obligated in the midst of eating matzah, the havile mitzvah has my grandma. Matzah is a positive time-bound commandment, and therefore they should not be obligated to eat matzah. And therefore, aim of about teichel chametz nami lesneu. Then I should say that maybe they're also not obligated in the mitzvah of not eating chametz, because since the Torah itself put them together, it is true that typically whenever men are obligated not to do, women are also obligated not to do. The Torah tells us something very unique about the comparison by comparing the mitzvah of eating matzah to the prohibition of eating chametz. And since the midst of eating matzah is a positive time back commandment, therefore women are not obligated in at this point, then therefore we should think that maybe they're not also obligated in chametz. And that's why the Torah needs to tell us additionally, this additional verse to teach you that even women are obligated not to eat chametz. Now that the Torah indeed tells us in this Pasuk that women are not allowed to eat chametz either, so the hashtag is rabbaluv about chametz, now that they are included in the prohibition of eating chametz, it's rabbaluv about matzah. Now they're even obligated in the midst of eating matzah. Even though it is a positive time-bound commandment, it's only relevant seven days a year, so it's a positive time-bound commandment. However, women are also obligated to do so because once they have the violation, they're also included in the positive commandment, right? We have this elsewhere in the Torah as well, right? Famously, we have this in the Shabbos laws, right? So by Shabbos, we say there is Shamor and there is Zachor, right? Shamor means you shall safeguard the Shabbos, means you're not allowed to violate the Shabbos prohibitions. Zachar means you shall remember the day of Shabbos through making Kiddush, and we say, since women are obligated in the negative commandments, they are therefore also obligated in the positive commandments, even though they are time-bound. Like Rebbe Eliezer said, Women are obligated to eat matzah on a Torah level. It says, it says you cannot eat on it. Anyone who is included in the Prohibition of eating chametz is also included in the mitzvah of eating matzah. And these women, since they are included in the mitzvah of not eating chametz, therefore they're obligated to eat matzah. Okay. How do you know that when it says means that women should be included also? 
and not include the idea of mixing together chametz with other things for the prohibition of getting kares. In other words, we have two different sukkim. One pasuk says kol, and it says machmetzes nichrasa. One pasuk says mikol machmetzes and does not say nichrasa. How do you know which one is referring to the person doing the act and including women and excluding mixtures? And which one is referring to including mixtures and exclu- not excluding, but is referring to including mixtures. And therefore, that mixtures are not included in the kares. The pasuk that's talking about the type of people who are eating the food, when it says kol, it's coming to include other eaters of food. When you're talking about something that is a food, I, that something that people eat, that, I'm sorry, that people are eaters, you don't then come to include other types of foods that are eaten to come to include a mixture as well. Maskular of Nasan, Abua de Ravuna, Burida of Nasan. Ravuna, the Rav Nasan, the father of Ravuna, who is the son of Rav Nasan, asked the question. And is that true that anytime we're talking about um, eaters, then we're not coming to exclude things, we're not coming to, I'm sorry, to include things that are eaten? But Tanya learned in her Because anyone, all those who eat chalev, the forbidden fats from an animal that was brought as a carbon. I would only understand from here chalev of an animal that is unblemished and is able to be brought as a carbon. And how do you know that the chalev, the forbidden fats of a balmum, of an animal that is a blemished animal, is also forbidden to eat? Therefore, the Pasuk teaches us, it says, from the animal. And how do I know the chalev? The forbidden fats of even an animal that is chulin, an unconsecrated animal, not just an unblemished animal or a blemished animal that's a holy animal, but even a chulin animal, unconsecrated. How do I know that that's also forbidden to eat? Tamalim, the Pasuk tells us, it says, because all. And that Pasuk, what we're referring to is anybody who eats this type of animal, and that's what it's really referring to, that someone who eats this type of forbidden fats is going to be chayiv for doing so. And we then say that the kol is coming to include a food item, right? So we're talking about the actor, but we're saying it's coming to include the food item itself. We just got finished saying that whenever we are, I have a verse talking about the actors, you cannot then come to explain that the extra word in the verse is coming to teach us about food items. Where it says, Over there, there was nothing else to include who was going to be prohibited to eat. So therefore, it's coming to include other food items. Over here, where there are other people who might not have been included in the prohibition. So if you have a chance to say it's including other people who are actors, then you'd rather do that and say that it is not coming to include um, the, the food items. The Chachamim will say that there is no prohibition of eating a mixture at all. They said that when the Torah tells us call, all is not coming to teach you anything necessarily. So then one second, how do they know that women are forbidden to eat chametz? If they don't learn out from kol, then they don't have kol to teach you that women are forbidden to eat chametz. Maybe women are not forbidden. When it just says kol, all, they don't say it's coming to teach you something. When it says ki kol, right, or that all, right, then they say it's coming to teach you something. Maybe you should say that when it says call all, it's coming to include women. Kikol, the rabbis, as a rubai. When it says kikol, it's coming to include the mixture. 
Chitim, maybe what you'll come and tell me is Kikol Maybe Rebbe doesn't hold of the of this drasha at all. He doesn't hold of saying that when it says Kikol, it's coming to teach you something. But Tanya, we learned in Rebbe Seor, it says Seor Bal Taktiru. So all Seor, you know, this leavened product, you're not allowed to burn. Right, bring as a carbon. Ain't the alakule. That's only true that if it's all seor, you're not allowed to bring it. Mitzasuminai. How do you know if it's only partially seor, you're not allowed to bring it? Amulimar kol. Therefore, it says all. And when it says all, it's coming to include uh, not just if it is all um, seor, but even if it's only partially seor. Eruvaminayin. How do you know that even if it's just a mixture of chametz, it's also forbidden? Amulimar kikol. It says because all right, and therefore that teaches you even a mixture. Man shamale the darish they call. Who is it who makes the drasha of call, right? Who says that call is coming to include other halachas? And we see he indeed he holds key call. So why doesn't Rebeliezer come out with the key call as being a separate drasha? Kasha, indeed it is shver. It's a good question. Any prohibited prohibition of the Torah, you can't take a permitted food, mix it together with the prohibited food, and then violate a prohibition. In other words, we know that anytime the Torah prohibits us to eat certain um, prohibited foods, if you don't eat the requisite mixture, you have not violated the prohibition on the highest level of the Torah prohibition. Now, let's say you did not have the requisite measure of prohibition, but it's mixed together with permitted food, and together with the permitted food, it reaches the requisite measure. You might have thought to say that maybe then altogether, since it reaches the requisite measure, that's already considered in violation of the Torah prohibition of eating an olive's worth of the forbidden food, even though it's not an olive's worth of forbidden food, it's only an olive's worth of food together with the permitted food. Maybe I still would have thought that that's also in, involved, included in the prohibition. So the answer is it's not true. It's not, you don't put, combine the two. Except for the prohibitions of a nazir, of someone who has uh, taken a vow to not eat or drink from wine products. The Torah tells us, me, mishras. The Torah tells us, mishras. Mishras comes to include any mixture of grapes at all. And even if it's only partially grapes that are forbidden for the nazir to eat, and partially other items that the nazir is permitted to eat, the mixture is still forbidden to him just as well. A little bit further, is iri, amar afseor, baltaktiru. Even the si'ar is also included in this uh, isra baltaktiru, right? So in other words, si'ar, that's only partially si'ar and partially not si'ar, right? So it's a half an olive's worth of, of uh, matzah and half an olive's worth of non-matzah, right, of chametz. If they're mixed together, right, and he burns them on the mizbeach, then he's going to get in, in violation, even though it's a mixture of prohibited and permitted. Kiman, whose opinion is this? Gerb Eliezer, like Gerb Eliezer, the Darish call, he says all. Okay, he says you can learn out from all to include also a mixture as well. Okay, let's stop over here. By the way, uh, it's, a, it's a good time to point out that uh, we finished our first year, at least in the English calendar, our first uh, year of going through uh, Yemi. So that means over 365 block, right, that you guys have done over the past year, which is pretty impressive. You know, over, uh, not over, but close to one-seventh of the way down. So you should all pat yourselves on the back. I make a little high tonight.